Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're going to continue in the fifth chapter of the book of Mark with verses 1 through 20. We were here last week, and Pastor Jim is going to park here in this passage for this week and one more in order to chew on various important lessons that we should take from these verses. Jesus encounters here the demon-possessed man as he gets out of the boat in the country of the Gerasenes. Now, we're not as familiar with the phenomenon of demon possession in our present time and culture, but they are still very real, and they are still at work opposing God and Christians. So, that being true, we would do well to know how they operate. Just as it's generally a good idea to study the opposing football team's strategies before you step onto the field with them. We'll take a deeper look at this encounter Jesus had with a legion of demons and what it means for us today as you follow along this week. Here is today's portion of the message entitled, Jesus' Power Over Demons, Part 2. Demons know exactly who Jesus is. They know good theology. They just don't submit to it. Uh, What these demons do and say shows that uh, among them and their demon, I guess you'd say, brothers, they understand the biblical doctrine of God, the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of man, the doctrine of sin, the doctrine of salvation, the doctrine of end times. And by the way, they understand the rest of the doctrines too, and they undermine them all, confuse them all. That's why the New Testament makes a, a big deal out of saying that saving faith is more than just mental understanding of truth. Now, that's crucial. You can't be saved apart from the truth about, Je- about Jesus Christ. But it's more than just that. I showed you James 2.19 that says, The demons also believe that, you know, the doctrine of God, that He's one. They believe and they shudder. Well, look again with me at Mark chapter 5. We're going to pick it up in the middle of verse 7 and plow ahead into new ground. Notice that the demons, or demon says, I implore you by God, do not torment me. Luke adds another detail to that. In Luke 8.31, he says, They, because we're going to find out in a minute, there was more than one demon. They were imploring him not to command them to go away into the abyss. I mentioned that word a minute ago. The abyss is a place where some of the demons are imprisoned. Now, some are there permanently. The ones who committed a specific sin in in the days of Noah. Uh, I've called it the strangest Sin of all time. We have a pamphlet with that title on it if you want to look it up online or out, in the, or out in the foyer. Some of the demons are imprisoned there permanently. They're only going to be let out of the abyss to be transferred to the eternal lake of fire. But there are some demons that are there temporarily. How do we know that? 
We know that because some demons are unleashed from there in the book of Revelation in chapter 9, and they are going to be allowed to wreak havoc during the last part of the tribulation, not long before Jesus returns. In our Wednesday night studies on the book of Revelation, we took some time last spring for a side trip on biblical demonology, and we looked at all of what the Bible says about demons. If you weren't here, and if that's not something you know very well, then um, I commend you to the notes and the recordings. They're all on uh, our website. And if you haven't been part of that study, and you don't have the book of Revelation memorized, I would urge you, it would do you very well to arrange your schedule to include being here when we pick up again in the book of Revelation in uh, September. Now, because the demons know that Jesus is Son of the Most High God, they also know He is their judge. And they don't want to go to the lake of fire any sooner than they have to. They don't want to be sent to that prison in the abyss. And the fact that they ask not to be sent there, it's not a hard and fast proof, but it leads me to the conclusion that many of the demons that are temporarily in the abyss were probably sent there by Jesus during His first coming, during His ministry, when there were so many encounters with demons. And we know, as I say, others are there uh, permanently. Check that out in the book of Revelation studies, or you can go back and uh, review our studies in 1 Peter chapter 3, um, and you'll be able to put those pieces together. There's quite a lot of information about that. Now, there's even more to this astounding event. Look at verse 9 in Mark 5. And he was asking him, what is your name? Says to the guy, what is your name? Surprising answer. And he said to him, My name is Legion, for we are many. This is the demon speaking through the voice of the man. And he began to implore him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now, Jesus asks the name. Who is he talking to? And the man can't answer, but he gets the name of the demon to whom he's speaking. And obviously, one demon was speaking on behalf of many. How sad that this man, who's the centerpiece of this incident, in whom these demons lived, doesn't even have his own name recorded. His identity was completely overshadowed by the demons. Now at some point, his parents had given him a name. He was beloved by them and maybe siblings, we don't know, maybe others before he had become possessed by the demons. And we're not told what he did that put him in the condition to become demon-possessed. But that's what Satan and demons do. They destroy anything they can. Now, their techniques are usually subtle. It's, it's very rare. It's, it's unusual for someone to be turned into a raving maniac. But... It can happen, and this is sort of like the less filtered version of demonic activity that we get to see here. So this demon says, my name is Legion, because there's a bunch of us. Now, now what's a legion? Well, a, 
a Roman army legion was ten cohorts. I tell you that, you say, oh, well, now I know what it is. Yeah, yeah, cohort. What's a cohort? Well, that goes along with a hort, all right? Uh, a cohort in the Roman system of the military was, depending on what age and history you're talking about, it was 400 to 600 soldiers each. So a legion was 4,000 to 6,000 soldiers. Now, it might have been an exaggeration that this demon used the word legion. I mean, can you imagine a demon lying? Well, they do it all the time. Uh, We know they are liars like their leader, Satan. Well, whether it was a precise number of demons or um, maybe... Maybe even a legion in each of the two men were there. It doesn't matter. The point is, there were a lot of them. And you'll see more evidence of that in a moment. Now, you put together Matthew and Mark and Luke as they describe this situation. And you see the demons obviously not wanting to go to the lake of fire. They can't go there yet because that's future. Nobody is there yet. Um, They didn't want to be sent to the abyss that place of imprisonment. And here the request is, don't send us out of the country. They apparently had a very desirable gig for demons in that area. There must have been much idolatry in that region, likely some open worship of demonic things and maybe even quite a bit of demon possessions, demon possession in in that area. So these demons make a very special plea. It's bizarre. I think that's the official word for it. It's nothing we would ever think of. Verses 11 through 13. Now, there was a large herd of swine feeding nearby on the mountain. The demons implored him, saying, Send us into the swine so that we may enter them. Jesus gave them permission. And coming out, the unclean spirits entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea, about 2,000 of them, and they were drowned in the sea. Is that bizarre or what? Now, what can we make of this? I think there's some observations that are helpful. One thing we can know is that this clearly took place in Gentile territory. Jews didn't raise pigs because under the Mosaic law, pigs were unclean animals and Jews were forbidden to eat pork up until uh, that law was specifically rescinded in Acts chapter 11. We also see here that, this is one of several passages that teach this, demons can do nothing unless God permits it. They had to ask Jesus for permission, and it specifically says Jesus granted permission. That's an interesting detail to add if it's not something we're supposed to learn from. Remember how Satan had to have God's permission to go after Job? There are a lot of people who 
believe more mythology than they do theology. And uh, with that, there's a lot of false teaching that, that makes it look like God and Satan are essentially equal and opposite enemies locked in this eternal battle for supremacy. Now, there is a battle between God and Satan. Don't, don't question that for a moment. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.